Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the seventh episode of Where They At. My name is Nabate Isles, and it's always a pleasure to feature great professional athletes that are retired, athletes that really set the tone for today's stars, and athletes that have also been exemplary off the field as well. And and this this episode is no different. The craft of being a great cornerback, a great cover man, he definitely revolutionized it from the standpoint of being able to to take pride in shutting down the other team's lead receiver because that was starting to go away. But this man was able to to bring that back to the forefront once again in the National Football League. He's from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is 30 miles from Pittsburgh. And he went on to be a seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, and considered to be one of the greatest defensive backs in the history of the game. It is my honor and pleasure to present future Hall of Famer. He will be inducted in 2023 when he's eligible, Mr. Darrell Revis. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me today. Yes, sir. My pleasure. My pleasure. And there's so much to talk about. You've had such an intriguing life, and uh, your approach to the game is 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 paramount to success and excellence. And the first question I wanted to ask you, you know, you're from 7th Avenue in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, uh, a.k.a. Quip Town. And um, the neighborhood, though, was rough. The neighborhood had a lot of strife. The neighborhood had a lot of um, tension and violence. And you were able to to get out of that and be able to provide positivity in your neighborhood years later. How were you able to develop your competitiveness and develop your acumen for football growing up? Uh, well, you know, first, uh, you know, um, it's kind of one of the things that, um, you know, sports is, is really one of the more positive, you know, things out there for us as kids. You know, uh, growing up, um, kind of in a in an urban community, and um, you know, you see crime and violence, and and um, you know, you 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 it, it, you can fall into that life, or you know, you can settle for something else. Um, you know that you can you can put hard work and dedication into it, and um, I think for the most part, that's all I really tried to do was. Um, I fell in love with football and uh, I just tried to outwork, you know, um, you know, anybody or any, you know, any opponent or anyone that was actually working out with me as well to try Mm -hmm. to just use, use everything I had to kind of excel. You know, I was always told that, you know, there's a, there's a kid in California that's working twice as hard as you. So Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of took those, you know, type of quotes and sayings um, uh, from my mentors to, tell, you know, to take heed of that and understand that, you know, hopefully if I make it and, and he makes it, we'll 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 meet up together in, uh, at the next level. Hmm, that is deep. That is deep. And and speaking of mentors, your uncle Sean Gilbert, number three pick overall in the '92. NFL draft pro bowl defensive tackle, you know, how valuable was it to have him, uh, to look up to him and, and have him tell you the tricks of the trade? I think it was, I think it was very, uh, you know, beneficial for me to have somebody, uh, in my corner, you know, who has, um, who has played 11 years, 
uh, as a professional athlete and, um, you know, just really kind of him really basically passing the torch to me uh, when it was my time. So I think, uh, you know, I, I love him. I appreciate him. And he's actually, um, he's doing well at, you know, at this point in his life, he's the head football coach at a division two school That's called right. Livingstone college. So, um, I think as a family, we, we're very excited for him and, and his journey. And, um, trust me, I'll probably be wearing a, a sweatshirt with Livingstone college on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And one of your television interviews, you know, definitely. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, Absolutely. Yes, indeed. We're talking with future Hall of Famer, one of the great defensive backs in the history of the National Football League, uh, Mr. Darrell Revis, on the seventh episode of Where They At. My name is Nabate Isles, and Aliquippa has history. Mike Dicker, Hall of Famer. Tony Dorsett, Hall of Famer. Ty Law, Hall of Famer. You know, it's just Aliquippa. It's like, what, you know, whatever's in the water in there. And also just Western Pennsylvania in general. I know that inspired you to be the next generation of greatness from that city, right? Yeah, you, you know what? It, it's so much, it's so many shoes to fill. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you, you grow up, you hear all of these um amazing football players you know you hear uh tony dorsett you hear mike dicka you hear ty law you hear sean gilbert, gilbert. You, mm -hmm. you hear lavar errington from oh, north hills that's right you hear yeah you hear joe uh joe namath you hear joe montana i mean dan marino the list just continues to go on and on sorry if i'm leaving uh any any names out but um, you we were you know it's just really hard to follow in the, in those shoes because because that's all you hear is you know Tyler did this you know <laughs> uh, Tony you know Tony Dorsett was was super fast you know uh, yeah Mike Dicker Mike Dicker was one of the best tight ends to ever play the game so and head coaches too you know one with the eighty five Bears you know <laughs> absolutely so. Um, it's just always um, it's it's a starting point, you know, for 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 kids um, that are growing up in these in these areas to to really just um, you know follow in the footsteps of greatness uh, in Western Pennsylvania, and I think that's what we all try to do. We all try to live up to the hype, but at the same time, uh, it's 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 not as easy as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure that is for sure and 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 you also it was funny like you had f athletic gifts with track track and field as well as basketball you averaged 25 a game in high school you know so so did you get any basketball scholarship offers like did Pitt uh did Pitt like offer you maybe playing basketball and football with them when you when you went to the University of Pittsburgh uh, that was the deal the, the one the one the deal breaker for me was actually uh, going to play college basketball. That's what a lot of people don't uh, <laughs> really understand that. I was, I had, I was really leaning towards uh, Western Kentucky. Ah, okay. Courtney so, Lee was there around that time. Courtney Lee, right? Western Kentucky. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I was leaning towards Western Kentucky on the, on the full ride, on the full scholarship. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember I was I was speaking to my mother, and this this is the final decision I made when um she was sitting at the table with me, and I had a, I had a letter of intent to Western Kentucky, and then I had a, a letter of intent to uh, the University of Pittsburgh, and um I was like uh, I'm just I'm still hoping for like my growth spurt of the. <laughs> <I'm> still, <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm just trying, I'm hoping, I'm just, I hope I wake, you know, wake up in the morning and my, my, my legs are like dangling off the bed and I'm six, five. And, um, you know, I was, I just told her, I said, you know, I don't think I, I might have a chance uh, for pro basketball. And um, I think I'm going to choose football and, and she was like, well, if you choose football, then you can walk on, you know, and play basketball too. So I actually, I actually did walk on after my freshman year, Jamie Dixon was the head coach. Mm, that's right. That's right. Um, we had a great conversation. He, he said, uh, we can use you on the defensive side of the ball. That's your role on the team. Um, they tried to whip me into shape after, after my freshman season at Pitt and, um, I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite <laughs> grasp it and get in shape. I couldn't get in shape. So Jamie, Jamie called me in his office, you know, one day and said, he said, look. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys still talk about, well, tell me the story first and then uh, do you guys still talk about it to this day? You know, you can ask yeah. that after. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, so he said, okay, look. He said, I, 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 I spoke to your coach, Dave Warnstead, um, who's the head head coach at the time at, mm-hmm. at, at Pitt. Yes. And um, he said, he said, he believes that you're going to leave as a junior. Mm. And he mm-hmm. said, he feels that you're that gifted, you're that talented. He's already spoken to NFL um, staff and NFL coaches about you already. So he was like, look, man, just, just give up the hoop dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, he look, and he used hoop dreams. That's her, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so I'm like, I'm like, ah, okay. I'm like, okay. Uh, I said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. And, um, let it go and decided to play, continue to play football. And, um, the rest is history after that. Wow. Yes, indeed. And, and speaking of, of football and, and Coach Dave Wanstad, how beneficial was it to have someone – he was the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, world champion Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he coached the Bears too. I mean, like he was involved in NFL circles. How beneficial was that for you to be able to get that tutelage from him and for him to be able to have the connections to know already that people were looking at you to be a potential first-round pick? I think it was, I think it was, uh, really, really, uh, beneficial to have a coach who has tons of NFL experience. Um, he's, he's played, he's, uh, played, uh, first, let me say, that's one of the names I left out is, is one of the, uh, Western PA greats. Mm, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, he's, he has so much experience. So, um, I think me and him had a great, coach to player relationship where I can bounce anything, any ideas I had or anything uh, to, 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 to him. And he, he would just simply uh, 
you know, just be there and help me in any way, shape, or form. And uh, it was good to hear those things. But at the same time, I mean, you're talking about a, a sophomore in college and they're, and they're telling you by next year's draft, you're, you're going to be a, a top pick. So um, I had to, I had to continue to stay focused. And, and Dave was, he was the guy who actually um, kept me together and, and not allow my head to get too big um, and listen to the, you know, the, the, the media or, or whatnot. And um, I mean, he helped me through my whole process. Even when I was a junior, even when I was coming into my junior year, Dave, you know, basically just said like, just, just focus on, on class and football. And um, we'll, we'll discuss this after the season. If you, you, you would like to stay for your senior year or leave early. So uh, I appreciate him actually helping me through that process. Talking with future hall of famer, one of the great defensive backs in the history of the NFL, Mr. Darrell Revis on where they at. Pleasure to have him on. And and now you are a skilled punt returner. People forget about that. That and I mean that touchdown, you know, the backyard brawl, West Virginia pit. I mean, that 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 was when I knew of you, like junior year, when you mm-hmm. really and really um it was out there, you know, just with your with your overall uh, ball skills. And how did that help you as a cornerback to be able to to have skills and acumen as a punt returner and see the field? Because, of course, being a defensive back, you see everything in front of you. Yeah, well, when I came to Pitt, I was I was recruited as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, the, in the state game that we won in 2003, I, I happened to score like five touchdowns, like three or five different ways or something. Ooh. And... Um, that's when um, a lot of the, a lot of the scholarships uh, start pouring in a lot more. Um, I call myself I was a late bloomer. I was a three star coming out of high school, and um, I just believed that the University of Pittsburgh, you know, really believed in my talent. So um, I think when they recruited me, they just seen an athlete. And actually, when I when I I don't pick campus. They gave me an offensive playbook and a defensive playbook. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> During training camp. So my freshman year, um, <laughs> I'm in the dorms. I'm trying to study the defensive plays and also trying to trying to understand the offensive uh, philosophy. And um, I came in um, the next day, and I remember Paul Rose. He was our defensive coordinator at mm-hmm. the time, and um, him and Walt Harris was kind of like feuding over like where if I was going to play offense or defense. <laughs> Walt Harris, so, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that so, so, so Paul, uh, which I love him still to this day. He, Paul would just be like, "No, he's playing defense. He's going to be the best corner. I can just see it. He's athletic, you know." And I'm just like, I'm listening, like, okay, I, I don't, I'm like, I know I'm like red shirt or something. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> and um and Walt, you know, he had a Walt's like, yeah, you know, we you know we want him on the offensive side. He's very, you know, so mm-hmm. um I ended up siding with 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 Coach Rhodes <laughs> to play cornerback. <laughs> uh-huh. And then my sophomore year, uh we had we had a, a coaching change and you know, Wanstead Walt Walt went to Stanford and then Walt Wanstead um, he came in and he was a new head coach. So mm-hmm. when Wanstead came in, he seen my athletic ability and 
he threw me out at punt return. And uh, that was kind of like my first time out at punt return my mm-hmm. sophomore year. And then he put an offensive package in for me on the offensive side of the ball. Wow. We just never really, we never really use it um, because us, some of those games we were we were down. Yeah, so you couldn't even like experiment. Was it like a wildcat really? formation, wildcat type of thing? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of wide out receiver. Um, not we wasn't really much so that advanced with the wildcat, just receiver, maybe a reverse here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he was real. You know, Wanstead Day was real high on me. He was really high on and, and believed uh, and seen that I had the confidence to make plays, and I, I was a playmaker at the time. So. Um, yeah, that's, that kind of sums up the kind of punt returns and, um, you know, uh, Dave just put me in that position cause he felt that I can make plays, um, on the offensive side, even if it was punt return. Wow. Deep, deep. And, and you were involved. I think this is the best draft in of the century, the 2007 draft. I mean, you look at the names, Calvin Johnson's about to be a hall of famer, Joe Thomas about to be a hall of famer. Adrian Peterson, about to be a Hall of Famer. Patrick Willis, about to be a Hall of Famer. Marshawn Lynch, borderline Hall of Famer. Yourself, about to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, just the talent in this draft. And, and wow, like, how do you feel when your name is on the top of, of all the great players from that draft? And, and there's basically five Hall of Famers in this draft. Like, and list goes on and on. Like, talk about how great that is for you to be part of this very special draft. And another question, interesting that a lot of these players didn't have long, like 15, 16, 17-year careers, but were all-time greats. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's it's an honor, but it's still surreal, only because uh, the, the names um, you just jotted out are so, like – I mean, Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, I mean, uh, Adrian Peterson. I mean, they they carry the ball or catch the ball as is, 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 is much as they can when their number's called. So mm-hmm. uh, me being on the defensive side, um, just it's, it's, it's an honor, but it's, you know, it's just really surreal, surreal that, um, you know, I'm, I'm mentioned with, with a lot of these greats and, and coming into the same draft class, I think it, it's – to me, it's one of the best draft classes in the history of the, uh, of the game. Um, I, I think the NFL owners should <laughs> reward, <it. laughs> reward reward the 2007 class and, and continue it on, uh, you know, as as a as a category of the best draft classes. <laughs> that that's right, that's right. And and the number one pick of that draft, I don't want to, I don't want to mess, I don't want to mess with his name. I don't want to do that, you know, but. Uh, you know, cause uh, what? Cause I, I love this game at LSU. Jamarcus Russell. What happened yeah. to him? Ah. I think I think a lot of us, man. We we put it. We put a ton of work in. Uh, we were very dedicated to um, us being being the best. Uh, you know, as we can be. And um, I mean, it, to me, it just goes down in history of of, of all the names we're speaking on right now. Mm. All of them are amazing. All of them are great. And um, it's just great that we we can we can enjoy, um, you know, the Hall of Fame moment uh, forever. You know, yes. amongst each other, we we can we can sit down and chat it up and and laugh and and 
and have some joy with it, have some fun with it. Yes, indeed. And you were home for that draft. It was interesting. You knew you were going to be a first-round pick. You were going to be in the top half of the draft. But as you always do, you keep things simple as a person, you know, simple and, and, and relaxed and being around family. How great was that? to be around family and and then when your name was called and finding out that the Jets moved up in the draft to pick you um take take us back to that day and and how how um special it was it was a very special day you know uh, again it's it's just uh, very very sur- surreal uh you, you can't you can't predict your future you don't know when your name will be called and uh, you, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of butterflies and nerves. And um, you sit up there and you see teams that you met with and they, they, they tell you they're, if you're on the board, they're, they're going to draft you. And, uh, you know, you kind of feel the type of ways. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the type of ways, you know, because you're, you're so competitive and, and you, you want to fulfill your dream of, of, of being drafted to an NFL team and, and, um, it was amazing. Um, I just, when my name got called, I kind of, kind of just burst into tears, yes. you know, um, only because, uh, all the, all the burns, all the burns that I felt running up mountains <laughs> to, yes. to get to this point and all, all the hard work and all the push-ups, all the sit-ups, um, yes. everything, you know, just came back and it all made sense that uh, this is what I was working towards. Here on uh, the seventh episode of Where They At with future NFL Hall of Famer. And also, I didn't mention this too, Super Bowl champion as well, Darrell Revis on the show. Now, Darrell, when you, you quickly made an impact in the NFL where you were uh, a pro bowler, second year, then an all-pro cornerback locking down everybody in 2009 and then your excellence was continuing now now you did all all the physical preparation you just talked about is evident and and it and it helped you but also the film study and the patience you exhibit like you are very meticulous about your craft mentally and 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 very thorough and training with will sullivan you know like a doing db camps every summer and excuse me every spring and you know please enlighten the audience on your meticulous nature of how you became the best so quickly and how you were able to to be revolutionary at your position um you know again i just tried to turn my imperfections into perfections and um that's far-fetched for for most people because uh it's a it's a game of inches and it's a game of errors so um i try to be consistent as as much as possible um as as i had to do my 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 task or my job and i think a lot of it came from um the off-season training you know, the off-season training of, of training twice a day, um, taking a break in between um, for a, a rub down, a massage, and and then um, actually just going right back into it in the afternoon session. So I think I just, I took my body and, and my mind and my, and my soul to just 
a place where um, it was driven by it was driven by success. It was driven by uh, opportunity and, and and seizing that opportunity when it's given. And um, I I just anything possible I can do to make myself become um, great. Um, I just I went <laughs> I went beyond the limit of I, I don't even know if it's a limit, but I uh, surely went b beyond any limit I could uh, by film study, um, studying five to six games on the player, um, mm. just just studying every tendency possible, um, studying quarterbacks, and then getting into offensive coordinators and. What is their uh, go-to plays? Uh, you know, I just got so embedded into the film study of it, and it just it made me so obsessed with with the game. I, I loved it even more. Yeah, whoo, that's deep. It's kind of like you know, because I'm a professional musician myself, you know, and it's kind of like transcribing solos of the great artists, the great trumpeters and saxophonists and everything. It's, it's, and yeah. you enjoy it more because you're like, whoa, okay. I, ah, now I just gained something in my repertoire. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, well, I, I, I want to share with you. Um, I like to surprise uh, my guests with um, state, you know, sharing gre uh, either greetings or statements about them. This is the first time on the show where I had a guest on earlier, uh, one of the earliest episodes. I, I'll give you his name after I play the clip, but uh, he had a lot of great things to say about you and very, very credible guy as well. So here we go. I'm on record as saying that I, mean, I used to argue um, on record that Rivas was the best player, not not the best corner. Like he was the, he had a stretch, he had a four year stretch where oh. I, I to this day can still argue he was the best player in the NFL. Yes. Bar none. I don't, you know, regardless of position, he was the best player. And and I, and I will still stand by that because there wasn't an offensive lineman that didn't give up a sack. There wasn't a defensive lineman that didn't miss a tackle, linebacker. There wasn't a, there wasn't a quarterback that didn't have a bad game. That be that Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. There was, there was no one. But Rebus, for four years straight, 16 games a year, would line up on the number one and erase him. Week yes. in and week out. Right. And win every snap. He, he won everything, every game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for four years straight. It was it, it was incredible yeah. in his prime. It was incredible. That's Eric Davis, former All-Pro cornerback who was on Where They At, the fifth episode, uh, talking about you in that way. Uh, you, you know, uh, me and, me and uh, Eric Davis' connection is um, – him and my uncle played together in Carolina. That's so right. I, I used to be I used to be a young kid in, in the in the locker room after the games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> kind of being kind of being with the guys. So um, I got a lot of respect for for Eric and uh, even watching him being an All Pro and, and him playing the cornerback position. Um, he was always somebody I looked up to. I know he wore number twenty five. He was. He, he he was the shutdown guy at the time. 
Yes, indeed. No doubt about that. And that's secondary. That nine is secondary. 94. Woo-hoo. T Prime. Uh, Eric Davis. Well, Prime, of course, Deion Sanders. Eric Davis. Tim McDonald. Merton Hanks. Oh, my Lord. I, whew. I, I know you watch a lot of that film, I'm sure. I know you would dig that film up, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, a great secondary. Uh, that all, all four of them are great. Uh, they play well together. I think that's the most part about it is having that connection with, with four guys, mm-hmm. um, two safeties and two corners to always be in communication and to make sure um, you, we don't let any touchdowns past us. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, now I, I have to say this, to be honest with you, 2009, you should have won defensive play of the year. There's no question about it because the what you did that season was absolutely was mind-blowing. I mean, you would shut down. You were against the Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, Chad Johnson, uh, uh, Terrell Owens, uh, Mike Sims Walker, who was a decent receiver at that time. Uh, you know, all those guys, you locked them down. Like, there was no question. I Do you, do you still think back that, you know, you – you should have won that, especially with Stephon Gilmore winning the award this year. Do you think back, like, you know, that should have been mine, like, or, or you just, like, just let it roll off your, your back? Uh, I think, uh, again, you just kind of just, you know, I think what's what's given to you, um, you know, it should be given to you. Um, I, I don't kind of take it too high or low. I mean, obviously – you know, the, the stats at that time, it showed, um, I think for me, for the most part, it was, uh, just doing what I needed to do, um, in, in our defensive scheme of, of, um, neutralizing, I'll call it always neutralizing the number one receiver, because I mean, bar none, these guys are the best receivers in the world. Um, most of the guys I covered are, are, are future Hall of Famers. So even if, even if you study them all week, sometimes you have to throw that game plan out and, and adjust on the go because they're just that great. They they're, they adjust their games as well. So, you know, at the same time, um, I tried to neutralize them and, and hopefully keep them under 100, 100 yards and, and, and actually no touchdowns. And, and um, there was a chance for us to, to – you know, actually win the game. So, um, that winning, winning it or not winning it, I mean, it's I don't know who votes for for most of it, for most of this stuff. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I think Steph Gilmore now is he shattered my my <laughs> he shattered my <laughs> my record. So he shattered my record. So um, that's that's the that's why I love this game so much because somebody else is very competitive and um, they want to be the best, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And, and then you have to pass that torch and, and sit back and watch and, and watch them play and, and, um, and just enjoy the game as best way you can. I mean, Stefan Gilmore Ward, I mean, I wanted, and I said Ward, but he wanted, um, but um, excuse me, but uh I, I know Stephen Gilmore, so mm-hmm. uh, we've had multiple uh, conversations on the phone when he played for the Buffalo Bills. So, That's right. Um, you know, to, to me, he, he jumped out of the screen, um, you know, when we would play uh, them during the week, and you're just like, who is this corner who's actually shutting everybody down in Buffalo? And, mm-hmm. it, 
And then it's just like, oh man, I mean, if they can give him a little bit more notoriety, he's he's one of the top guys, you know. So uh, you always look for great, great players and great ball. I mean, it's it's, it's just kind of a, a respect factor that um, that you always just you, you give to other guys. Charles Woodson, great player, Hall of Fame player. No, I'm not knocking him, but that it was interesting that another DB won it. Well, I think uh, I think for the most part, um, you know, I kind of look at things in different perspectives. So, mm-hmm. if 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 it's uh, one, if it's one two, if it's Charles Woodson and then me, or if it's me and Charles Woodson. I mean, we're the we're we're the same position, fighting over the same trophy. So at the end of the day, obviously we're doing something good at our position as opposed to other positions. So it always sheds a, a lot of more light, um, and then it also does well in terms of um, contract negotiations. Uh, you can kind of mm-hmm. leverage yourself that way, and and uh, Stefan is is. Um, um, he, he, he actually won it um, this past year. So it's just shedding light more on the actual position, which I've always, um, I'm always uh, for that, um, for, for, young, for young talent, young players to see that um, this is just an ongoing position that is, is very important on the football field and is, mm-hmm. is very uh, lucrative from that standpoint as well. Yes, indeed, no doubt, and has brought and has brought the recognition to it too, as well. And um, and now, Darrell, speaking of like, after two thousand nine, you held out two thousand ten because you know you felt that you and 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 you deservingly should have been paid much higher, regardless of the contract. Because it's funny how teams can be able to to cut you whenever they want to, you know. But but then. When it's time for when you played way over the value of one million dollars in the contract that would have been one million for four for your fourth season, you played way over that and beyond. And um, talk about how you inspired other NFL players by sticking to your guns and and being able to 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 get a, a good contract after that, and then two years later tearing your ACL and showing that okay see why i have to be able to cash in and get the money i deserve so talk about how you were in spot inspiration for your peers around the nfl uh, i think uh, you know at that time you know was, i was taking a uh, a huge stance in terms of um should i play four million dollars or um, should i take the other option and and actually you know hold out for, for what i feel i deserve at the time um, uh, you know, it's a performance-based league. Um, you have to perform uh, uh, to to have leverage to to negotiate the type of contracts I, I uh, me and my team, you know, negotiated over the years. So, um, you know, during that time, you know, I just basically felt that um, at the time um, I did not want to, want to play for a million dollars based off of. Um, the two previous uh, years I've had that was very successful. So um, I decided to, I decided to hold out and um, I held out for about 34 days. I think it was Mm. about 34 days to be exact. And I kind of, during that time, it was very, it was very um, 
difficult um, because, uh, you know, something I love, I, I was uh, detached from it. But then um, I think those 34 days helped me mature and, and, and grow um, mm -hmm. as a man, especially being in uh, New York City. So yeah. um, I had a lot of time. I had, those 34 days, I had, a, I had a ton of time to think about life outside of football as well. Um, so it, 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 uh, it brought everything back full circle and it kind of, you know, it was kind of just a, a stoppage in life to say, wait, you, you know, you're living your dream. You're in your third year and you're ready to go back and, and tackle this thing again and, and, and do what you do best. But before you do that, you know, you have to be compensated, um, for your, for your performance. Uh, so it, it all worked out. It, it, it was, it was, I'll tell you this, it, it, it was more, it was one of the most interesting uh, contract negotiations I ever been a part of because um, my agents couldn't actually, my agents and the GM at the time, Mike Tannenbaum couldn't come to um, uh, numbers and, and the breakdowns of the numbers and, and the years. So some of it got, still made it at times mm -hmm. and then um i you know I, I think this is this is just a legendary type of story like you know mr johnson had to actually fly down to florida and um we had a meeting in the in the hangar and <laughs> <So, laughs> in a, in a, in a, we had a meeting in a in a plane hangar and uh an airplane hangar and um uh it was kind of it just felt like it was we were in some type of movie <laughs> 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 like you know a, a bad boys movie or something they're doing something just so uh it was very interesting to to be a part of it but then at the same time or, you know, or die hard Two, die hard Two, or something yeah 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 <laughs> so uh <laughs> I mean, you you in this you in this huge hangar, and then it's just, it's 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 amazing to just you know, and then you know, Mr. Johnson gets off the flight and off his off his private bird, off his private plane, and you're just like, wow, like, okay, you know, this is this is the big leagues, obviously. <laughs> so, yep. uh, we we finalized the deal there, uh, which was a. I think it was a four-year, forty-six million, thirty-two guaranteed. So we finished that deal, which everybody was happy at the table, and um, it was ready for me to to go back out there and, and, and perform. So yeah, it was cool. It was sweet. It was it was it was cool. Everybody was happy. We were hugging at the table. Um, we finally finalized it and. Um, you know, they just wanted me to get back and be a part of the team. So it, it was cool. It was really, it was really nice. Rex was in that meeting as well. So yeah. he, he, he helped a lot as well. So it was, it was pretty sweet. Wow. No, no doubt about that. And uh, with uh, talking with um, Darrell Revis, Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer, 2023 will be his uh, eligibility year and he will be first ballot. No question about that. 
um, for sure. And I want to play because there were a lot of good young defensive players on that Jets team that came, you know, 09, 10, 11, and 12. This gentleman came to the team, was drafted in third round 2012, and now he's an all-pro defensive player. So I want to play um, a greeting for him, and he talks about how much you mean to him. Here we go. Hey, man, I'm here with Nabate. Uh, Reeve, man, just want to say uh, congrats on a, a great career. Um, uh, one of the, if not the best to ever do it. You started the lockdown corner, Reeves Island, no safety help, nobody over the top, the greatest to ever do it. Um, I remember the first time I, I had a chance to play uh, in the NFL and also had a chance to play beside you and Really, I've never been starstruck by a player in my entire career. Um, but a moment in my rookie year just being after practice, might have been in training camp, and watching you give somebody just some ones and twos on how to get the line of scrimmage. Um, and really just standing there and listening, almost mesmerized at, man, this is one of the greatest to ever do it. Really, you know, giving, giving tools back to somebody. To somebody else, man, and um, you know that was just a mag- magical moment, you know, a real moment, just to see uh, you outside of yourself, you know what I'm saying, uh, being willing to give back and uh, and have impact. So uh, as you transcend from the game, man, uh, nothing just wants you to know number but much love and much respect, man, and uh, hope you have many moments uh, like that where impacting somebody else because in the moments that you're doing that you never know who who you're reaching you know out of all the moments i had a chance to play with you that was the one uh, i think that that uh was taking me for a lifetime so much love much respect man uh just congrats on all the success man and uh and, and wish you well in in your rest of your journey love bro that was Demario Davis, uh, all-pro linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. Now, first all-pro team this year. <laughs> yes, yes, congrats, uh, Demario Davis. I mean, he uh, he was a he was a young guy who came in and was very vocal to start off uh, his his uh, NFL career, and um, he's blossomed over the years. So, uh, I really, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's awesome that uh, I didn't. Sometimes when you're in things, you don't know that you're, uh, you know, people are looking at your every move or every step and every word you say, and you kind of lead, you lead. And, and, and sometimes people follow and you don't, they don't have to actually tell you that they're following you. But no, I mean, the, the Mario is, is a great player and I'm, I'm glad that I, I was able to, I was able to play with him. I, I was able to go to battle, battle with him every Sunday. So that's sweet, man. Yes, you know, man, I had had to had to make sure I shared that with you for sure, you know, definitely. And I interviewed him. It was funny. I interviewed him before he was drafted when he was training in New Jersey uh, with Brian Martin and Test, uh, the Test um, Academy. He was training over there. So you were traded from the Jets uh, to the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, had a, another Pro Bowl season, all pro season, and then – you joined the New England Patriots, and you were kind of like a mercenary because they ended up winning their first uh, Super Bowl championship in 10 years, and you were a major reason why. How great did that make you feel, especially that you were a Jet 
<laughs> and you ended up being able to help a team that was a dynasty years earlier uh, be back on top of the throne. How did that feel for you? I mean, my, my initial feelings about the opportunity of, of actually going to the New England Patriots was, was, was actually a no-brainer for me because I was just like, uh, the rivalry, uh, no, I can't do it. And um, this is this is uh, the time that I was in free agency at the time. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're meeting people, we're calling teams. And um, throughout that whole process, New England, um, they stayed in contact with us the whole time during, during the free, agent, free agency process. And um, it got down to a point where, you know, Mr. Kraft and, and, and Bill Belichick said, you know, let's meet, like, let's meet face to face. Let's sit down and kind of discuss this. And, um, you know, after we have the meeting, let's see if you, you want to, you want to join, you know, if you actually join, we got a good chance of winning the, winning the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm like, okay. The sales pitch is awesome. They won a couple already. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Then I start imagining myself in the Patriots uniform. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm I'm green and white. I bleed I bleed green and white all day. Now was now it's green, white, and black. So I, I, I I'm gonna bleed that forever, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a jet forever, you know. So, um, but I was imagining myself being in the, the Patriots uniforms, and I'm like, okay, you know. I said, okay. I said, Ty went. I said, Ty, Ty, Ty was a player there. Ty Law, that's uh, right. He won three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, he's won three Super Bowls. And um, he called me, he, you know, Ty called me up. Hey, man, come on now. Come over here to the Patriots. <laughs> you know, you're going to win you one, I'm telling you. You know, so, uh, you know, Tom, Tom called me. Uh, Tom Brady <laughs> called me and was like, "TB12, hey, yeah, hey two four, hey two four, come on, come." I'm like, "Okay, okay, it's okay." The star, the stars is coming out now. The star, <laughs> <laughs> the stars is out tonight. Okay, so um, yeah, we finally called 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 Bill back and and uh, called him up and just said, "Hey, uh, let's do it." You know, let's do it. Um, he was excited. We were all excited. And uh, the rest is history. We started out a little slow. We started out two and two. Um, you know, everybody was kind of writing us off. And then, you know, Bill kind of chewed into the leaders of the team. He kind of chewed into all of us. He, he made examples out of all of us. And um, we looked, uh, us leaders looked at each other and said, yeah, we need to pick this up. And, uh, you know, we, we, the rest was history. You know, we beat we beat the Seahawks. You know, 28-24. Malcolm Butler had a uh, incredible interception mm. to seal seal the win for That's us. Right. And, um, one of the one of the most uh, memorable moments, you know, of my career of playing the playing a huge game as, as the Super Bowl, Super Bowl forty nine, and um, it was amazing. It was electrifying. Um, it's it's the biggest stage and 
every inch, every play, every second matters. And, and um, you know, we come, we, we came out with the win. So I, I can always be proud of that and proud of my teammates who was a part of that Super Bowl 49 uh, team. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I lost money on that game. So, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, beast mode, give it to beast mode. What the world? <laughs> and I was like, if they're going to throw a slant down the middle, at least throw it low. Throw the ball low. Don't throw it high because that – oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay, anyway. Sorry about that. <laughs> you had a flashback. You had a flashback. <laughs> a flashback, exactly. <laughs> well, we're talking with uh, Darrell Revis, future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. And now, now Reeve, uh, the cornerback on the other team of that Seattle uh, team was uh, Richard Sherman, and he was back in the Super Bowl this year with the San Francisco 49ers. I just got to ask you, what happened with you guys? I mean, is it just competitive banter or, like, what? what it's still going on. But, you know, you almost you asked your, your, your Twitter followers, you know, sh- uh, should I bring out the flames, you know, the ether? Pretty much, you know, after a Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl. But, but what's up with you, brothers? Because both both of you are great. But you know, I've, and, and and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest. You obviously it was more more diverse and more versatile than than Richard Sherman, and that's the truth, you know. But but what's up with you? What you guys like? Um, like it's just just competitive banter, just back and forth. Uh, what's going on? Oh, for me, for me. Uh... You know, I think it's competitive banter, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it's trash talk in, in a sense, um, you know, but again, it was never, it was never on, on my, on my side of, of, of the fence. It was, it, it was him actually on his side of the fence who, who actually kind of basically started all of this banter. So, mm. Uh, you know, if you start banter, you know, eventually somebody's going to respond sooner or later, Um, especially when you keep on uh, trying to bring the line out of his cage. So you bring the line out of his cage, eventually, you know, the line's going to bite back. That's right. The line will bite back. (laughs) But in a sense of for me personally, I just don't really know where 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 it's come from from him. And I and I'll give you a story about me. Okay. For example, <clears throat> a lot of people <clears throat> think you know during my during my early stages of my career, you know, people I speak to people all the time when they say, you know, you call, you call you know Randy Moss a, a slouch, you know, you call Terrell. And I said, yeah, I did, because the only that's the only way as a player I felt I was confident enough to even cover those guys. So right. I couldn't at the time say, shake a hand and say, good luck in the game today. I had to sit there and say, I used to say Randy Moss when I was playing in, 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 in my grandmother's backyard. And if you if somebody threw a ball to you and you, you jumped over somebody and catch it, you would say Moss. <laughs> so I'm like. Mm-hmm. he's a he's a he's a childhood hero to me you know but for me to really stand up and be competitive and match his level of intensity because at the time these guys was doing it for 10 14 years you know so at the end of the day you know for me 
utmost respect for both of those guys. But um, at the time, even those guys knew that um, it was kind of like a new sheriff in town and, and you had to pass the torch. They still played amazing. I mean, <clears throat> trust me. I mean, Randy Moss caught a one-hand catch over me, and it was – I didn't think he was going to catch it at the time. It was like mm. like Stretch Armstrong, you know, he just stretched his arm out and, and actually came came up with the ball. But I think for the most part, it was all competitive. You know, mm. I, if, if, if I see Randy and say, hey, what's up, you know, you're great, I'm great, you know, whatever you want <laughs> to right. discuss, yeah. it's just um, – <clears throat> You know, football, you know, trash talk comes with football a little, you know, more more than most maybe sports in the sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's just very competitive. Um, I I didn't never look at, and I don't know Sherman very well. I don't know him. I haven't spoken to him throughout his career. I know he probably speaks to uh, a few guys or a number of guys, but um, even when it all happened, when he started the banter, you know, and um, a lot of people came to me and was like, do you know this guy? Like, do you like, do you know, like, is there something between you two? And I'm like, I have no clue. Usually as a DB, you, you, you argue and you argue with right receivers. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) You don't actually, you don't actually go argue with or debate with the guy uh, that plays the same position. You know, I, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was at Pro Bowls in my early career. I was in Pro Bowls with Champ Bailey, asking him thousands of questions. You know, right. Um, so I, I think it's kind of like I'm a little bit older than Sherman, but at the same time, I, I like, I, I grew up in a way of, you know, respecting you know, a lot of the guys who come before you because they pave the way and the torch actually gets passed, you know, and I think Sherman's, I think Richard, like he, he wanted to get the torch passed to him uh, a little bit faster than the norm. And uh, that's his opinion. You know, Uh, he's entitled to it. He, he feels he's the best. I, I mean, as, as us being, as us players being alpha males, you should feel you the best. You should feel you, um, you can go out there and, and cover, or you can go out there and catch a ball, or you can throw the the best spiral, or that you have the best accuracy as a quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, um, this is just something where it was timing, and I feel that he's in a he's in a place right now where. Um, he, he's a great football player, uh, but he, he, he has to understand that it's a, it's a transition into the new phase that he's coming into. So there's questions he, he needs to ask, you know, whether if it's me or whether if it's any other DB who's been great um, playing his game. And you got to understand as you get older, things change, uh, you know, from a, from a, a physical standpoint and from a mental st- standpoint, he, he has to understand that uh, we've all been through it. <laughs> we've all been through it. <laughs> That's right. And, and, uh, and you too, 
were able to overcome major injuries as well. A good thing mm-hmm. and be be back at the elite level. You know, what I mean, you turned out to you ended up being a Super Bowl champion as well. You know, for sure. Um, and now I want, wanted to uh, ask you about black coaches. You know, in the league. You know, you see what's going on. The the whole thing that was going on where there was only one minority coach, head coach hired. That was Ron Rivera, of course. And and I mean, he should have been hired anyway because two time coach of the year. You should be. You know, and 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 to go to an organization like the Redskins that needs a lot of uh, leadership for sure. But what is your take with Eric Bieniemy? someone like an Eric Bieniemy who Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, they win the Super Bowl, he calls all the plays, he pretty much is able to 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 organize that offense and 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 they they completely exhibit the vision of Andy Reid. What is your take on the lack of diversity and the controversy of course of Kaepernick as well and with the NFL? It's just times aren't changing. What what's your take and what you see especially being away from the game for a few years? You know, I think it's um I think it's uh you know, we just got to again just continue to to um continue to push for having diversity in the NFL as, as much as possible. Um, it's, it's, it's an ongoing conversation. It's, it's a, it's a ongoing, um, issue and, and we just have to address it with the, with the owners and the organizations to say, you know, uh, and I love, I love Eric. I mean, I was out there with him my last year, uh, you know, with the Kansas city chiefs, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. before I retired. So, um, love him, love him. He, and he deserves, um, he deserves to be a head coach in the national football league. Um, he's, yes. he's, he's proved himself year and year. He's worked his way up the, up the ranks. Um, he's, he's a, a great coach and, um, they just need to give him a shot and, and, and hopefully they will. I know he, he wants to, he wants the opportunity and, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of other coaches that are, that, um, that when we speak on diversity uh, would, would love to be in these type of positions and have these opportunities um, to showcase their abilities as, um, as a head coach. So I'm pulling for him. Um, I'm sure I know he, he knows that me and him had tons of conversations when I was in KC. Um, he showed a lot of respect to me um, as I came in mid season and um, he's, he's done, he's done an exceptional job there. I, and I hope he, he becomes a head coach. Uh, Kaepernick for, for what he's done for, for the game is he, he, he made a lot of players more conscious Yes. of actually what's happening outside of the lines of the game and what's really happening out here, um, you know, um, in society. And now, uh, you know, it's, 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 to, it's, it's a point to where now we have to continue to address these issues and continue to kind of just, um, you know, work with the NFL. I, I think, um, you know, the Players Coalition they have been working with the NFL. Um, I hear Jay Z is, is is working with the NFL as well. So mm-hmm. um, uh, 
this this is just an ongoing thing. You know, it's it's a starting point, and then things can always evolve and grow and become uh, much more bigger um, as we continue, as everybody continue to just uh, you know work on these issues to to, to better them um, for 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 people and and for society. So. Yes, indeed, and Jay and Jay and Beyonce didn't stand for the anthem. Interesting, right? <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's a that's a hot topic right now, and I think he addressed it though. I think Jay Z addressed it and said there there, there wasn't a statement and, and um mm-hmm. about um not standing or or anything else, um, you know, and and um I mean you go from there. I mean. I, He's in the spotlight, him and Beyonce, and uh, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's much a lot going on. So, and and he just turned fifty years old, so maybe maybe you know, like you know, aches and pains that happens, you know, like so maybe that was it. So, <laughs> you know, let me tell you, I'm because I'm not that far away myself, so I'm feeling aches and pains now, you know. So, <laughs> but but um, but Darrell, a couple more things. Your foundation. What's so beautiful about your foundation? is being able to enlighten kids on nutrition and it's important for our young kids to be aware of it as well but um talk about like any events you have coming up for your foundation and how you encourage and uplift the children to be educated as well as um uh, as well as be aware of of their best selves uh yeah you know the Darrell Reeves Foundation um you know, we, we tackle childhood hunger and, and we assist uh, with families uh, in helping them live a healthy lifestyle. So uh, me being an athlete, I think um, that's where the inspiration has come from, is, is from, uh, you know, me understanding that my, you know, that my body is a machine and um, I have to put the right nutrients in my body for me to perform well. And um you know, you have to eat certain portions of food um, to get the nutrition uh, uh, nutrition inside your body. And um, this is something that's, that's very, you know, dear to my heart. Like, if you're doing philanthropy work, um, you, you have to do it from your heart um, because that's when you get the ultimate joy. And uh, at the moment, we feed about 800 kids at the moment. Um we know it's a, it's, it's a very sensitive uh, topic and subject, and um, we try to we try to, to educate kids. Um, we want them we want them to grow up and be strong and and eat healthy and and make the right um, you know eating choices. And um, it's it's going well for us. Uh, we we do really well. Um, we're just going to keep on continue to make an impact in, 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 in school districts and in communities. And, um, you know, we, we would just want people to rally with us, just rally it up with us and, and come support and, and be helpful as much as you can. Well, no doubt about that. And the website, one, I want to definitely plug that for the audience, DarrellRevisFoundation.org. That's spelled D-A-R-R-E-L-L-E-R-E-V-I-S Foundation.org. Make sure to, to support 
what uh, Mr. Darrell Revis is doing for sure, um, because you're enlightening our youth, and that's and that's what's needed. And how you go back to Aliquippa as well to every summer to be able to to support the kids there. And I know you see a lot of you and of how you were back in those days, right? Uh, you know, absolutely. You know, every time I, I go back, um, you know, you you were you were in their shoes at one point. So now the tables have turned. Um, you you you're kind of responsible for um, being inspiration to other people. Um, there's the, there's tons of gifted people. Uh, you know, in our respective communities. And we just got to continue to um, inspire them and continue to, uh, you know, make sure they they have positive um, people around them and positivity to where um, they can believe they can do it. Um, And you can share stories with them and say, yeah, I dealt with the same thing. (laughs) I dealt with the exact same thing. So, um, so you should try to go about it this way so it's all about really really just passing your life experiences and uh, as much as you can because um it's not very it's not far-fetched of some of the things that they're you know kids today are experiencing now that that you haven't experienced uh in your own walk of life Dewar Rivas future hall of famer super bowl champion and one last thing, uh, we we have a segment here on uh, on where they at, um, and it's it's called actually it's funny for for a baseball player it'll be called hit and run, for a basketball player it'll be called fast break, um, okay. for a football player it'll be no huddle. So I'm gonna ask you some some quick <laughs> ran- <laughs> quick random no questions, you know, no huddle. And uh, here we go. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. The wide receiver you would want to cover from any era of the 100 years of the NFL? Jerry Rice. Mm. (laughs) Yes, yes. Underrated player that you played with or against, that player that whose name you haven't heard of recently, but that player that you're like, oh, this this cat needs more, should have more recognition. Underrated. Uh, you said my team or any team, right? Uh, yeah, my team or any team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this one's easy. Uh, David Harris. Ah, uh, yes. And you same draft, 2007. He was the second round pick while you were yes. the first round pick. <laughs> he, he should he should have had multiple Pro Bowls. Um, he just wasn't a media guy. <laughs> we, yep. would, we would tell David, come on, man, you got to speak to the media. He's like, that's just not me, man. It's not me. I'm like, we're like, okay. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, mm-hmm. I love playing with him. Uh, one of the best linebackers I've, I've, I've ever been around. Very smart, very skilled, very athletic. And uh, we tried to, we tried to uh, get him to, to, to speak with the, with the media. He just wouldn't do it. <laughs> wow well they he, he just like you you stuck with your guns you know on what you believe in you know what i'm saying for sure like that's why you guys mesh so well together for sure <laughs> now most bizarre teammate most bizarre teammate oh man um or eccentric i'll say eccentric you know to be be more like 
<laughs> be more empathetic. <laughs> Laron Landry. Same draft class as you as well. Yeah, yeah. Laron <laughs> L- L- Landry. Uh, he would come to. We were in training camp, mm-hmm. and he would come with this duffel bag just full of like uh, healthy products and I mean pills and you know. Uh, vitamin C pills. I mean, any, he had all of this stuff and he, Hey man, Hey, Hey, you want some? You like, <laughs> I'm cool, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, I mean, you know, he had protein, he had whey protein in there. I mean, you just like, I'm like, I don't do whey protein, but you know, I stick to a different type of protein, but I mean, uh, and interesting on the field, man. He was really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Super fast. I think he ran a four three. Some. I mean, it, yeah. Can bench press out of this world. I mean, That's why he was like six overall, I believe, in that draft. Yeah, yeah right. six. <laughs> to the Redskins. To the Redskins. That's and, right. Uh, I love playing with him. That's the year I couldn't finish the season out because I tore my ACL. But yeah, I think that year he. I don't know if he went to the Pro Bowl or not, but mm-hmm. uh, he had a great year. So, um, yeah, LeRon Landry is, is my pick. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. It's always good to learn from different from my different subjects of people I never thought of. I've gotten some very interesting answers, you know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, so favorite boxer to watch? Because I know you, you box and everything and you're into the sport. Who's your favorite boxer to watch all time? <sighs> Man, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, I'll say I'll say Mayweather, the Money Team. I, I got to go right. with the Money Team uh, because I I was athlete around you know at the same time, and he, he brought so much inspiration, uh, you know, for me to keep going and keep keep. Uh, trying to shut receivers down on the field, so I'll say I'll say money, money Mayweather. I mean, but I do have to still shout out, you know, um, Muhammad Ali, um, mm-hmm. you know, the George Foremans, uh, you know, uh, Mike Tyson was was amazing to watch. So yeah, uh, but I give it to Money May. I give it to Money May. No doubt, no doubt. Like, craft, you both have that in common. Like, you excelled at your craft, and you found ways to be better than your opponent all the time, for sure. Um, yes, sir. Now, favorite music artist, you know, like, because uh, I know you're, you're into the art, you're into, into all types of music. Who's your favorite music artist or musician? Oh, I, myself, I, I, am a, I am a drummer. So. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, People, when I say this, everybody always gives me this startled look. Like, wait, what? It's Andre 3K. Andre 3 Stacks. Oh, 3 Stacks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And he plays multiple instruments, you know, himself. (laughs) And a great actor. (laughs) Yes. I just think his uh, delivery, his cadence, everything, uh, how he puts his makes his songs and put them together is just uh it's it's quite genius to me wow now the drummer that you would want to play like 
that drum because I saw you at the Blue Note. You know, I performed there earlier uh, last year. Actually, I performed there, so I recognize that stage. And I saw you do your thing. Now, who who's the drummer you want to play like? Uh, you know what? The drummer I would like to play like is I'm I'm always um, interesting to to watch the roots. Quest Love, yep. Yeah, Quest Quest Love is um, is always somebody I kind of just every time he's playing, I'm kind of just glued to the TV screen, or um, I, I see him perform at, at, at certain venues. I actually been around him at, at certain events, and I'm like I'm like inching my way over to the drum set, and I'm like, hey man, you know, like <laughs> I'm I'm Revis. He like, oh what's up, you know, cool. So um just just uh, i'm just enamored about about um the way he plays and, and how he goes about his business um i think he's one of the best drummers um yes, of, of all time that pocket that pocket is like you know whoo, it's like metronome you know like <laughs> yes indeed i, I want to shout out two drummers that were on my album that you should check out one philly cat named jonathan blake that's my brother from another mother and Nate Smith. They were both on my album and stuff. So check them out too. I think you feel them too. Cause I know you appreciate it. You know, <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. 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 Yes, indeed. And most prized visual art piece. I know you, you love the, you love going to museums, especially the Whitney, uh, MoMA. What's your most prized piece of art? Oh man, my most prized, uh, mm. Uh, I'm from Pis- I'm from the Pittsburgh, Greater Pittsburgh area. So I mean, Andy Warhol mm-hmm. is, is is a yes. Pittsburgh is a Pittsburgh legend. Uh, I like Basquiat. I almost bought a Basquiat painting, okay. and the only reason why I did not buy it because I was inexperienced oh. <laughs> at buying art. So so. Um, this year I'm, I'm going to be a little bit when I, from, from an investment standpoint, I think I'm going to kind of dabble more into, um, the art world and, 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 um, trying to make a a few investments in in that arena. So, um, it's, it's a learning process. A lot of people don't realize it. Yeah. You can love art. You know, I used to draw when I was younger, but you, you can love art and, um, and whatnot, but um, it's a whole different um, world uh, when you start looking at investments and and really getting deep, you know, diving deep into it. So, wow, no, that that's really deep. But you know what? Always follow your instincts for sure, because whatever strikes your eye, it's it's there. Especially with you being a painter back in the, you know back in the day, you trust your instincts for sure. Like you'll never go wrong. Never go wrong. <laughs> I don't know if I can paint now, but <laughs> but uh, you know everybody is different. You know, some people like contempt- contemporary art, modern. It's it's just uh, I guess right, like you said, like what what really um, you know excites you, or, or what, what what are you into in terms of uh, you know what, what you're looking at and what you're seeing? If it, it tells you messages and it tells you certain things, you. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to be, you know, to get in, get involved with. So, no doubt. And one last question for you on the No Huddle segment: Another twenty-four who perished, unfortunately, 
with his daughter, um, Gianna. Uh, we talk about Kobe Bryant. He was 24 as well. And you both had that Mamba mentality. Your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? My favorite Kobe Bryant moment is actually winning uh, his fifth ring. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, that just, you know, really shot putting him into um, a stratosphere that's, you know, there's just, there's no limit to it. And um, it's just amazing to see, you know, um, his journey. I mean, even from all the way from Lord Merriman coming out of high school and um, he's, he's just inspired so many, so many races, so many cultures, so many people um, by how he plays the game, but also um, how interesting of a person he is and the way he goes about um, inspiring with his words and his, and, and his experiences. I mean, I mean, this guy's in the gym at 2 a.m. in the morning with a cast on, on one on one uh, wrist mm -hmm. and, he, and he's on his right on his right hand and he's shooting free throws with his left hand. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, the mobile mentality is is just it, it. It goes, you know, I know he's an ultimate competitor, but it, his mobile mentality inspired um so many, so many, so many in, in, industries and so many people across the world. And, um, you know, my condolences go to his, to his, to his family and, and Vanessa and, um, you know, and all the, the victims. The other family. seven, the other seven yeah. victims. Yeah. The victims. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, um, it's, it's very unfortunate, but, um, you know, we're here, we're here for support and, and to make sure, you know, his legacy lives on and, and everybody involved, their legacy continue on um, because um, even his daughter, Gianna, I mean, she she was going to expire um, probably exactly the same way in, in the footsteps of her father. So uh, we wanted to see her blossom as well. I, I, I'm sure everybody did. And um, yeah, we, we just, it's, wearing the 24 is, is very special to me. It's always been, because even though I was wearing it, it it's, uh, I was thinking I was a <laughs> I was an image of Kobe <laughs> on yes. on the football field. So um, I'm I'm thinking you know don't let Kobe down because I wear I wear 24. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and you and you certainly didn't. You certainly right. didn't. <laughs> I, have, I have to live in his you know I have to, you know live carelessly through him and just been amazing. I, uh, he's done so much. He's done, and he was going to continue to do a lot more, but he's done. Uh, so much for for everybody so we we really appreciate that code no doubt and uh speaking of 24 your twitter handle at revis 24 as well for um you know for the audience that wants more information about your foundation also um the great tweets that you put out and also the retweets are very you know that has a message you know for sure and you're very deliberate and meticulous in your message and and how you approach the game and and uh, wow, we could talk for for hours more, but I'll let you go. You know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, want to hold up any more time, sir. But, but, um, Mr. Darrell Revis, it is an honor and pleasure, and and thank you for for joining my podcast, and and I really appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much, and glad to to have interviewed you a couple of times way back. You know, when you were with the Jets, and and uh, glad we were able to reconnect. Thank you, sir.
Oh, thank you for uh, letting me use your platform. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you all for listening to Where They At, the seventh edition. And I want to thank Mr. Darrell Rivas for, for joining me. I mean, honor to talk with him. Future Hall of Famer, like I said, he will be on the first ballot in the year 2023. I want to also thank uh, my brother Demario Davis, uh, someone I've known for a long time, just like I've uh, known Darrell, and um, thank him for his his very wonderful greeting. And glad I was able to use Mr. Eric Davis's uh, take from, from a couple of episodes ago, uh, how great Darrell Rivas was. Also, I want to thank one of one productions, Fela, Dennis, and Joy. I mean, just such a wonderful, glorious studio. And they expanded their studio as well. So I feel more at home for sure. And I uh, want to thank Nadia Ramdas and Matt McConaughey as well. And I'll be back. Uh, next time with the eighth episode of where they at and uh, if you like the music as well check it out uh, it's called eclectic excursions my album eclectic excursions you can check that out on itunes uh, apple music spotify title google play amazon etc etc and you can also check out my website nabate isles n-a-b-a-t-e-i-s-l-e-s.com we'll be back with another great episode of where they at very soon thank you all very much god bless